Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our Sunday morning service uh, at St Paul's Church. Not in the building, but all around the town and much further beyond. Uh, I'm very grateful to Adam and to Lars and to Alex and John for all the technical expertise to make this happen. Uh, last week, we were planning hard that we would broadcast live from the church uh, with, all, with a few people doing various ingredients. Uh, but since the Prime Minister's instructions on Monday night for us to stay at home, we've revised our plans. Uh, and this service is now coming from various homes around the town. Uh, in order for it to flow better, we have pre-recorded each of the elements and I'm really grateful to Lars for putting them together and editing it so the whole thing should flow much more smoothly. Uh, Adam and Jess are going to lead us in worship from their home. Katie and Kate are going to lead us in all-age talk and prayers. Uh, and then towards the end of what we do this morning, I'll share a thought from the Bible relevant to today. And we'll finish with a hymn and blessing. But let's start with a prayer before we worship in song. Lord God, our Father, we praise you for your love, that it is constant. We thank you that the early church didn't meet in central buildings, but in homes all around Jerusalem and then all around the Roman Empire. And as we gather in different homes, in families and households, uh, and for those who are self-isolating on their own, we pray that you will send your spirit and encounter each one of us. Lift our hearts in praise. Speak to us through your word. Help us as we pray for your world at this difficult time. And may you be glorified by what happens through our church and all the churches throughout the world. And we offer this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
vision to see things like you do and God I look to you you're where my help comes from give me wisdom you know just what to do For those of you who don't know, my name is Katie Trainer. I am the children's minister at St Paul's. It feels very strange to be doing this from my sofa. And we're going to start our time together today with uh, a Bible story. And I'm going to read from the Jesus Storybook Bible. I love the way they write these stories in here. If you'd like to follow it though, in the main Bible, it's from Matthew chapter 13. One day, Jesus was telling people about God's kingdom. God's kingdom is wherever God is king, Jesus told them. It's wherever God is in charge. 
It's where he fills your heart up with his forever happiness and you stop running away from him and you love him. But sometimes people couldn't understand things very well, so Jesus helped them by telling them stories called parables. Jesus said, God's kingdom is like a hidden treasure. And then he told them this story. Once upon a time, there was a man digging in a field. So there he is, digging. Dig, 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 clink, clank, clonk. Uh-oh, his shovel bumps into something hard. Hello, what's this? He picks it up, dusts it off. It's a chest. It's rusted and locked, but creak. He pries it open. What he sees inside takes his breath away. Beautiful, glittering, gleaming, twinkling, sparkling, precious jewels. It's a treasure chest. He wants that treasure. He needs that treasure. He must have that treasure somehow. Even if he has to sell everything so he can pay for it. He quickly buries the treasure again, runs home and sells everything he owns. He then uses that money, goes back and buys the field. Now he owns the field and the treasure inside it. He runs back and digs up the treasure again. Jesus said, coming home to God is as wonderful as finding a treasure. You might have to dig before you find it. You might have to look before you see it. You might even have to give up everything you have to get it. But being where God is, being in his kingdom, that's more important than anything else in all the world. It's worth anything you have to give up. God is the real treasure, Jesus told them. God had a treasure too, of course, a treasure that was lost long, long ago. What was God's treasure? His most important thing, the thing God loved best in all the world? God's treasure was his children. It was why Jesus had come into the world, to find God's treasure and pay the price to win them back. And Jesus would do it even if it cost him everything he had. I love that parable. And in Matthew's gospel, it goes on to also talk about a man who finds a pearl of great price and he's searching for it and he finds it. And God's kingdom is like that great pearl. And it got me thinking, what is the most valuable thing that I own? I was discussing this with Adam and he said that I couldn't say my car because he's seen what car I drive. So I think I'll say my house or at least the part of the house that I own. What's the most valuable thing that you own? Or is there anything valuable that you'd really like to own? Have a think. Now imagine that you have found that most valuable thing. I don't know what you said. So imagine you found the most perfect holiday or pony or lobster or car or whatever it was that you chose. But it was so expensive that you and your parents would have to sell 
everything you owned. The house you live in, your television, your phone, your tablet, your bed, even your toilet. Literally everything. Is that valuable item really worth it? Now we can't buy Jesus, but knowing him is so valuable, so amazing, so powerful, that it is worth selling, giving up everything that we have, because his friendship is the most important thing we could ever have. So I think that's important to remember right now, when it feels for a lot of us like we've had to give up a lot of things. We're not going to school, we're working from home, we can't do the things that we used to be able to do, we can't go outside whenever we want to. But it's okay, and it will be okay, because we know Jesus, and that is far more important than anything else, far more important than anything that is happening in the world, is our friendship with God. In the NIV translation of today's parables, it says that the man was searching for a pearl before he found it. I like that because it suggests he knew it was there waiting to be found, but maybe some things were getting in his way. And sometimes we can have things that get in our way that stop us from seeing God. At the moment, when the world can seem like a really scary place, that can stop us from seeing God. And so I have a challenge for you all this week and for myself too. I want us to start searching for God, to start seeing him in the situations that we find ourselves in, because I promise you he is there. Let's find that buried treasure, that hidden pearl. Let's look for all the positive things that are happening the random acts of kindness, the fact the environment is getting a chance to recover, the fact that we now get to spend time with our family, we get to take a breather from the hurried, fast-paced life that we normally have. We get a chance to relax. If we look at it that way, God's really there. And I want you to start searching for him too and find that hidden treasure. Today is sometimes called Passion Sunday and we are starting to look ahead to Good Friday in a couple of weeks. We remember that God gave up his most precious gift, his son, for us, so that we can find the buried treasure and have a relationship with God. We can be his friend. So really, let's not try to lose sight of God this week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you gave us Jesus so that we can have a friendship with you. Thank you, God, for that buried treasure, that hidden pearl. I pray that we would be like the men in the parables, that we would search for you and that we would know you are more important, more valuable than anything that is happening in our world. Help us all this week, Lord, to search for you and to find you. Amen. 
Hello, I'm Adam, one of the curates, and we've come to the point where we're going to do our all-age song together. And if you're a regular at St Paul's, you'll know that myself and Ruth, the other curate, have always dearly loved to do the actions, uh, but we've just not known them. And so we thought we'd take this opportunity to learn some of the actions for all our all-age songs. We're going to start with one of the easy ones, Great Big God, but each week we'll do a different song and we'll try very hard to do the actions as well as we can. Uh, this week, Ruth's dogs are going to help as well, if you can spot them. Uh, but let's stand together and we'll sing our all age song, Great Big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God and he holds us in his hands. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God and he holds us in his hands. He's higher than a skyscraper. great to be with you this morning. I'm going to lead us through a time of prayer now, leading you from the mountains, obviously. Um, we are going to be using our hands to pray today. Um, we are spending lots of time washing our hands at the moment, taking really good care of them, um, being very aware of them. So I thought it would be great if we could use our hands to help us to pray today, so that when we're washing our hands, we can try and remember these prayers and say our prayers as we're washing them. Um, so the first um, prayer we are going to say today is using our thumbs. Now often we will use our thumbs to give a thumbs up when something's good or we're excited about something and so we're going to start our prayers this morning by um, saying thank you to God for things and um, thank you for things that we're really um, delighted in, ways that he has blessed us um, over the past few days. So you might want to say thank you for the sunshine, you might want to say thank you for uh, food you've been eating, for your home that you're living in, you might want to say thank you for the internet or for gardens or walks that hopefully you've been having out and about. Um, 
You might want to say thank you for neighbours. Um, I'm saying thank you for my neighbours and the loo roll that they've provided. Um, but why don't you just take a moment now to think of something that you want to say thank you to God for. And if you want to share that with someone sat by you, or if you want to send a message to someone to say, I'm saying thank you for this thing, why don't you do that now too? So, we all thought of something? Great, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the good gifts that you provide us with. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for outdoor spaces to enjoy or to look at. We thank you for neighbours and friends who um, perhaps provide things that we need. We thank you, God, that even when things are tricky and not quite as normal, God, that you still provide us with great things that we can say thank you for. Amen. Okay, our next prayer is using our pointer finger or your index finger, I think it's called sometimes. Um, and for this prayer, we want to say thank you uh, to God for people who are leading the way at the moment. And we also want to pray for wisdom and strength and knowledge and guidance for them. So you might want to pray for uh, a member of our government or our government as a whole. You might want to pray for Boris Johnson. You might want to pray for someone who's leading the way where you work or leading the way at your school. Um, whoever it might be why don't you think of someone now who is leading the way for us or for you and we're going to pray for them so God we do pray um, for people in authority people who are pointing the way at the moment we particularly pray for our government that you would give them wisdom and knowledge and all that they need at this time we pray for Boris too, Lord, we've heard that he's ill with coronavirus and we pray that you would be on him, that he would still be able to lead well and that his team would lead well with him. And Lord, if we're thinking of other people leading the way, whether that's people at our work or leading the way in our schools, Lord, we pray that you would be with them too. Amen. Okay, our next finger is our middle finger. It's really hard to hold that one up. Um, that's our tallest finger. Um, so we're going to help use it to help us remember people who are the most important at this time. So you might want to pray for healthcare workers. You might want to pray for teachers. You might want to pray for shop workers, um, for delivery people, um, whoever it is that you think is really important at this time. Um, why don't you think of somebody now and then we're going to pray for them. So Father, we pray for the really important people at this time. We pray for healthcare workers who are um, taking care of other people, who are working tirelessly and self selflessly. Lord, we pray that you would be with them, that you would keep them strong and safe, that you give them all the energy that they need to look after others at this time. We pray for people who are delivering things to our homes and to hospitals. We pray for people who are cleaning, people who are um, yeah, just doing super important jobs at the moment, Lord. We pray that you would be with them, that you would keep them safe and they'd be able to do all that they need to do in your name. Amen. Uh, we pray next for our ring finger. So this finger doesn't have a ring on, this one does. Um, often this finger is the um, finger that people will wear um, their special rings on. Um, so actually this finger is our weakest finger, which I didn't know until recently. Um, so you might want to pray for someone who is weak or vulnerable at this time. So that might be someone you know who's sick with coronavirus or sick with something else. Um, it might be someone you know who is struggling, perhaps because they're isolated or they um, can't get out of the house as easily. Um, 
you might want to pray for someone who is um, self-employed or not able to work so much at the moment um, and are perhaps feeling a bit vulnerable in that area. So why don't we pray for someone who is vulnerable or weak at this time. Father, we pray for those people known to us who are weak at this time or who are struggling. Lord, we pray that you would bring them strength, that you would bring them hope, and God, that they would um, trust in you and have really good people around them to support them at this time. Amen. Okay, our next prayer, our final prayer, using our hands, is using our little finger, our pinky finger. Um, and we're going to use this to pray for ourselves. So after we've prayed for everybody else and given thanks, um, we're going to pray for ourselves using this finger. Um, so you might want to tell God how you're feeling. You might want to tell him what you're happy about or what you're sad about. Um, it's really important that we keep connecting with God at this time. Um, so why don't we uh, use our little fingers as we pray to God for those things. So God, we thank you that uh, we know you and we love you. We thank you that you are close to us, even when it maybe doesn't feel like it. We thank you for all the good things you are doing at the moment. And we pray that each of us would continue to draw close to you at this time. And we'd know your love and your strength whenever we need it. Amen. Okay, so that was our uh, our hand prayers. So praying uh, a prayer of thanks. A pointer finger was praying for people who were in authority and leading the way. Their middle finger that's really hard to hold up was praying for the most important people at this time. Um, our ring finger was praying for those who were weak or vulnerable and our little finger was praying for ourselves after we've prayed all those other prayers. It's really important to pray for ourselves too. So why don't you try and remember those prayers as you're washing your hands or putting cream on your hands this week. Um, we're going to end our prayers by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Um, there's some actions we do in our church to go alongside this. I'm really going to try and get them right. So if you know the actions or you want to join in or you want to make up your own actions, why don't you do that? So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I think I got all those right. Do let me know if I didn't. Um, right, it's been brilliant praying with you this morning. Um, and now I'm going to hand over to Jonathan, who's going to lead in the next part of our service. Well, thank you, Kate, and everybody else for all that we've had so far. Uh, and thank you, Adam and Ruth, for the actions. I think that's a first to have both curates doing the actions to an action song. Today is Passion Sunday. It's the Sunday nearest to Easter when we focus on the death of Jesus on the cross. Next Sunday will be Palm Sunday when we think about his riding into Jerusalem on the donkey. And the following Sunday, of course, will be Easter Day. So this is the Sunday closest to Easter when we think about Jesus dying for our sins in our place on the cross. While we were able to meet earlier in, term, in the term, we were preaching through 1 Peter. I was due to preach a review sermon on the Sunday evening before services got cancelled. And I was struck reading through 1 Peter by how many references there are to Jesus dying in our place on the cross. Let me read to you. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 18 and 19. 
you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. To be redeemed means to have a price paid for us. And Jesus paid that price. He was the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, sacrificed for us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says this, He himself, that's Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. And 1 Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. All of these verses point us to the fact that Jesus died in our place for our sins, so we can be forgiven and restored to relationship with God. Uh, just this last week, some of you will have seen the story from Italy of an Italian priest in his 70s who gave his life for someone else. He had the coronavirus, he was in one of the Italian hospitals that are overcrowded, there weren't enough ventilators to go round, and he gave his ventilator to a younger person. Uh, the younger person lived, but the, uh, the priest without the ventilator died. He gave his life for someone else. It's a sacrifice that points us to what Jesus did for us. This coronavirus has spread so fast, so far, all around the world, you can't see it, but you can catch it easily. No one really knows how many have been infected by it. Perhaps many of us uh, have caught it without even realising. And of course, for some, it can be deathly. It strikes me that it's an illustration of sin. Every single one of us has caught the virus of sin, passed on from one generation to the next, and all of us have got it. You can't see it but you can feel the effects of it. Sin cuts us off from God. We die spiritually and ultimately, uh, if, if it's not treated, this disease of sin, when we die physically, we're cut off from God for all eternity. The coronavirus attacks our breathing and our whole respiratory system. Sin attacks our ability to breathe spiritually and cuts us off from the very life of God. Sadly, there is no vaccine for coronavirus. That's why it's been such a big issue for the whole world. And we pray that one day uh, soon a vaccine will be found. When it is found, it will be a day of very good news. And that good news will be shared all around the world. But today we praise God that there is a remedy for sin, which we celebrate today, that Jesus paid the price for our sins in his body on the cross. When we baptise anyone, and on the very last Sunday we were allowed to meet together, I was away baptising my granddaughter, Sophia. Uh, when we baptise anyone in water, the water symbolises being washed clean of all our sin. It's an outward picture of what happens inwardly when we trust in Jesus. Now, we're all washing our hands a lot more these days, and Boris has encouraged us to sing Happy Birthday twice while we do it. I think it would be a whole lot better, perhaps, to sing the song Happy Day, when Jesus washed my sins away. And maybe every time you wash your hands, you might like to thank him that he's washed you inwardly so we can be forgiven and restored into relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. I love the true story we tell on the Alpha course. 
Uh, it's a true story of another priest who gave his life for someone else. This priest was Father Maximilian Kolbe, a Polish priest who was imprisoned in Auschwitz in the Second World War. Under the terrible regime there, whenever anybody tried to escape, uh, they took 10 prisoners and they killed them as punishment. One day the sirens went, someone had been caught trying to escape and the whole camp were brought out on parade. They stood there all day uh, in the heat. It was the 31st of July, 1941. And eventually the commandant came out and picked 10 people who would die in punishment. The ninth one was a man called Francis Gajownicek. When he was chosen, he fell to his knees and begged the commandant to reprieve him. Don't take me, he said, I have a wife, I have children. Uh, it was at that point that Max Kolbe stepped forward and said, I'm not married, I have no children, take me instead. The eyewitnesses tell us that the commandant looked shocked but agreed to his request uh, and took him instead of Francis Gajownicek. Max Kolbe died in Auschwitz, giving his life for Francis Gajownicek. Some 40 years later, the 10th of October 1982, his sacrifice was honoured by the Pope in Rome. In the crowd that day was Francis Gajownicek and his wife and his children and his grandchildren. The Pope said that Max Kolbe won a victory like that won by our Lord Jesus Christ. And Francis Gajownicek would have been able to tell his children and grandchildren that I am alive because he died in my place. Today on Passion Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus died in my place and in your place to pay the price for our sin, uh, to provide, if you like, the vaccine for the virus of sin so that it needn't affect us anymore, so that we can be healed uh, and restored to life that will last for all eternity. So let me lead in a prayer that thanks God for that sacrifice before we sing our final song together. Lord Jesus Christ, how we praise you that you gave your life for us. You were the Passover lamb that died in our place. We thank you that because you paid the price for our sins on the cross, we are forgiven and restored to relationship with you. We thank you that we are washed clean inwardly. May we never take it for granted. Give us a horror of sin and help us to lead lives that please you more and more as we give ourselves in service to you and to others, not least at this time of need all around us. And as we worship, fill our hearts, we pray, with gratitude and joy at what Jesus has done for us and what the results will be for all eternity. And these things we pray in his name. Amen. alone. 
receive this blessing from God. May Christ crucified draw you to himself, to find in him a sure ground for faith, a firm support for hope, and the assurance of sins forgiven. So may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and everyone in your household this Passion Sunday and forevermore. Amen.